Stereo. The 99%. Exclusive interviews with emerging artists. All right, well, welcome back to the 99% podcast, everybody. Um, please say hello to Kate Cosentino. Um, thank you for joining us, joining us today, Kate. Um, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm glad to be here and be on this interview. This is awesome. Good. Well, welcome to the Stereo family. We're very excited to have you on board. Yes, awesome. Um, Kate, where are you waking up this morning? Um, I am, after a long day of classes, um, in Nashville, Tennessee right now. Oh, awesome. Um, I have never been to Nashville, which is um, a travesty, so I must get myself out there very soon. But can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the music scene there, what you love about Nashville, um, and all of that good stuff? Yeah, um, it is a tragedy. You definitely need to come to Nashville because it is amazing. Um, I I don't know. The music scene, obviously, there's a huge country scene here, which isn't really my genre, but it's really cool to write with all the writers here who are very story-driven. There's a lot of that. And pretty much any given night, if you look at what concerts are happening, there's at least 50 going on. So I really like that there's there's constantly music to to be exposed to or places to, to meet other musicians. Awesome. I will. Hopefully by the end of this interview, I'll get an invite to come to Nashville to see you. There you go. <laughs> um, so you're originally from Kansas, right? Yes, I am. Like Dorothy from Kansas. Majority. Just click your heels together. Um, so tell us mm-hmm. a little bit, what was, what was that like growing up there in terms of and the music heritage and the landscape that goes on in, in Kansas? Well, so I'm from Overland Park, Kansas, which is a, a suburb about 20 minutes from Kansas City, Missouri. And so that's like our, our big city, it's like the home of jazz or one of the homes of jazz. So there was always a really cool uh, jazz scene growing up in Kansas City. And alternative music, for some reason, is really, really big in KC. So um, I loved growing up there. Man, there were a bunch of a bunch of places to perform, coffee shops, and different different places that I could uh, get involved in the music business. That and it, it was just a really cool community of other musicians who wanted to work together. So I loved it. I always had stuff to do. Nice. And do you get back often? Yeah, mostly on just when I'm on break at Belmont, I'll I'll head back. So nice. But so you're not, studying not at the moment. Island, but yes, I you're am. You're studying at I the am. moment and balancing your career. Yes, I'm. I'm majoring in music business and songwriting at Belmont. Amazing. And how do you find the balance? So for someone who's just starting out in in the music industry and is doing what you're doing in terms of the college stuff and, you know, releasing EPs and trying to get the tours. Mm-hmm. How, how, how would you, how would you advise to balance all of that stuff? That is such a great question that I ask myself every morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> coffee, lots of coffee. So much coffee, oh, enormous amounts of coffee. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know the, I try to remind myself that, this is the one time that I am in college and have the permission to focus on being a student and really learning a lot from my education. 
Um, and so I try my best to to get as involved in the like, okay, this is the one time I'm taking a class dedicated to like the music business and marketing. And so I should, th these skills will come in handy later. So while I have the opportunity to be in these classes, just trying to milk it for all it's worth. Um, so I, I try to prioritize school just because, I mean, I only have two years left of it. Um, but with trying to do gigs and stuff, I mean, I try to make sure that I'm, I'm writing like four to five times a week and that I have a gig at least once a month just to make sure that I'm keeping up on my, on the things I actually want to end up doing. So just whenever I have free time and just trying to schedule in little check-ins to make sure I get to be creative. And it's also a good brain break from, you know, studying microeconomics at five in the morning when I really don't <laughs> want to, <laughs> you know. Um, can we take a moment? Uh, I just read something before this interview about at only 13, Kate recorded eight of her original pieces to make her first album, Too Many Love Songs. Yeah. Yeah. 13 years of age. Yeah. Um, so here's here's an interesting question. What now that you're you're in college and you're a little bit more grown up and you're studying mm -hmm. the business side of music and all of that good stuff, what would you tell the thirteen year old who was recording her first album then? What would you tell her now? Honestly, I think I would tell her to to enjoy being a kid a little bit more. <laughs> um because I just I think sometimes in the music business, especially with like things like Disney that are amazing, where it's like you see all these young people who are doing great things, like that you feel this need to constantly be doing and out there and making your own music and stuff. So I think I would remind my younger self to like to be more involved in like just building my skills and to play out and get as much experience as possible, but also to remember that it's okay to go out with your friends. Cause I, I wouldn't, I, I would just devote myself to music all the time. Um, and so, yeah, honestly, that's one thing that I'm like, I wish I would have done a little more, a little more kid stuff. Would have been some good material wow. to write about, you know? That's, well, it's, it's a huge um, achievement at the age of 13 to save your first album under your belt. But I can imagine the stresses that come with that as a, 13 year old as well there yeah the I mean I, I I loved every moment of it for sure and I'm glad I I'm glad now that I put so much time into honing in my craft but um I would just you know just put it in perspective that there's time there's time for both things you know if someone gets into the back of one of our, our cars and are listening to stereo which is deemed you know radio for rideshare you know how mm -hmm. would you describe to them the genre that your music sits in? Like, is there is there a box that people have been putting you into? Is there a box that you put yourself into? Are you beyond boxes? <laughs> Tell us. Like. Oh, man. That's just the, as usual, really great question. Whenever they're like, what's your music sound like? I'm like, well, it sounds like me. Um, I don't know. Me, just me, um, all me. Just me, all me. Just listen to it. Um, well, I have, I definitely have a lot of influence from artists like Regina Spector and Nora Jones. So oh, I feel like, yeah, if I had to genreify myself, because that is a verb I'm making up right now, I would say genreify. Yes, genreify. Use yes. that on stereo. Genreify. <laughs> you said. You said. Um, it's somewhere like 
indie jazz is where I would put it genre wise. And then I sing a lot of songs about social justice things and stories that I think are important to tell. And so that's, that's kind of what you sign up for with my music is like, you know, stories of people and jazzy vibes, I guess. Okay. Um, where, when did, when did you go back to, to college? You, you would have just started, right? So the semester is probably only begun. Yeah, yeah. I did study abroad, actually, where you're from. I was in Ireland and Scotland uh, for oh, all of July, and then I started in August. All right. Year. So takeaway, like in terms of advice, like from your last semester, whether it be in Ireland or whether it be here in, mm-hmm. in your last semester, like what was a, a takeaway moment for you in terms of learning about the music business? Is there something that really rang true to you and that has stuck with you that you've learned in the last couple of months? Mm -hmm. I would say a lesson that keeps being reiterated to me, which I think is true for most business-oriented industries, is that so much of success is based off of networking. Um, Because, I mean, there are plenty of extremely talented people who will only ever play, you know, tiny coffee shops, and that's great. And then there's plenty of people who, I mean, haven't had a day of music theory training, but are charting, you know. So um, I think the lesson I keep learning is that it's about the connections you make largely um, and that, you know, business is just as big a part of the music industry as is the creative side. Amazing. That is amazing advice. Um, Okay, so now that you're technically a veteran, in the music industry, mm-hmm. <laughs> when, yes. you, when you were first breaking into it, you know, uh-huh. like, what were the challenges that you faced and how did you actually overcome them? Mm. And w- what do you mean by that, like, in breaking into the business, like, just in starting think, my career and figuring out? Yeah, like, what, in what you starting mean? your career, like, remember, in terms of for anyone who's listening on your side, in terms of fans, or for anyone who's considering you know, a career in music, what were some of your, mm-hmm. like, challenges or your fears or your insecurities that you had to face head on and how did mm. you actually overcome them? Um, I would say a big thing that I still constantly face is the whole idea of branding myself and social media because okay. a, okay. I, I like being very honest with all of my work and just being like this is me as a human if you're a fan of me this is me and my life and you know sometimes I want to post something really stupid like I ate pumpkin pancakes and I'm really excited about it but then you know you'll get this advice or see other people's things and you're like maybe I should just make all of my all of my posts strictly you know this one image and this one look and make it all look professional and so I don't know. I've definitely struggled with being like, what's my brand? What do I look like? And I constantly have to reimagine it. Um, but I've I've kind of just come to where my brand or how I present myself usually just rests on like my truth for the moment, even if that changes and allowing myself to change, um, change as a person. So I, I don't know. I employ the this is honest me policy instead of the like, let me cultivate cultivate the image so much I don't know if that makes sense you know just being a little more just raw Kate rather than being like well my theme today is purple so all of my <laughs> <be> purple, you know 
I completely, I, I come from the branding world. So I was in the branding world for 10 years. So I see it from mm. both sides. I think yeah. uh, to be authentic and to be real in, in mm-hmm. today's climate is, is what people want to see. But yeah. yet you have a huge majority of people who still buy into, you know, what they call it reality TV or curated you know, Instagram totally. posts and all of that stuff. So there, there's definitely a market for both. I think it's whatever actually fits with you as an individual exactly. and what resonates the best. So on that, what are, you, what are your actual thoughts on music technology? Where we sit in 2018, obviously we're a music technology platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my belief is it's given, you know, artists another voice, another opportunity to be discovered. What are your actual thoughts on where we sit in terms of music technology today? Music technology, I mean, finally feels like it's kind of at a shifting point from being a, I don't want to say detriment, but kind of like a, oh, there's this new technology and it's changing and the monetary aspect of it, like how do we deal with copyrights? Like, you know, the MMA and all of that, how how are we dealing with actually paying the artists that we're fans of and the songwriters we're fans of? Um, I think it's with how the MMA is doing and with new things like stereo that technology is starting to go in a really cool direction where music can become even more immersive than it has been because now I feel like there's this new personal aspect of like with stereo hearing new artists in the back of your car and getting to choose all of that. I feel like that's like, it's so cool that you're being exposed to, to things that you never would have heard. And I feel like, like with, you know, things like Spotify and how they have these discover playlists and like things that are curated for you and your friends making playlists for you, that the possibilities for finding like little things you never would have heard is it's so much more vast than when we were just, you know, shopping for CDs or records or, you know, way back, whatever other technology before I was born. Um, So I, I think it's a really cool direction that there's so much, we have so much access to so much. Um, so I think I think technology is making music a a more unique experience than it ever has been. That makes perfect sense. You are full of wise yeah. words today. Um, <laughs> a lot of coffee. Nah, and uh, yeah, you're hyped. A lot of uh, coffee, coffee, coffee. Um, mm-hmm. Nashville is is full of singer songwriters, and like for me, I think some of the most beautiful music you know comes out mm-hmm. of Nashville. It's just like. It's like people there rip their souls out on a daily basis to give us these gems. Um, What are some of your inspirations while making or writing or creating your songs? Of lately, I'm just really inspired by people's stories that are hard to tell. I'm in a commercial songwriting class right now, um, and my teacher, Jody Marr, keeps saying, write the thing that you're most scared to say. So whenever I hear people like be it a friend or just an NPR interview or something, hearing people really say something raw and honest that you're like, I would, I would never have the guts to say that, or I've never heard that said that way. When I hear stories like that, I feel really moved to put pen to paper and, you know, hand to guitar to make something. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. For me, like obviously I've been part of stereo from the very beginning. Yeah. when have have you been in an Uber yet where you've heard your music? 
I haven't. I have not yet. And that we'll is bucket to, list. We'll, ha- <laughs> we'll have to find one of the, the users to to send you the the um the Insta story that they do or whatever. Um but when when someone hears your music for the first time, you know, they jump into mm-hmm. the back of an Uber or they're in Austin or they're in New York or they're in LA what is it you mm-hmm. want them to feel or experience when they listen to your current EP? I mean, I just I'm serving you up. I'm serving you up all the difficult questions today. I know, <laughs> really. I was expecting like, what's my favorite color? But um, yeah, well, man, established uh, it's purple. You've already said it it's is purple. purple. So. You're right. You are right. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. I just, I hope it it stands out in some way to them. My my ultimate goal with all of the music I make is to to move someone in some way. And some of my songs are to move people to think about something differently or to move them to tears. And some of them are to move people to dance or just, you know, think about something other than their daily life. So I guess I just hope whenever people hear my music in the back of an Uber or wherever, that it it moves (laughs) them to feel, to feel some sort of way, you know? Amazing. Um, so what are some of the new and exciting things coming up for you this year? I, I know you're working really hard on your education, but tell us what's coming up for, for Kate in your career. Oh, man. Yeah, Kate's career is very school-driven as of right now. <laughs> um, but I'm writing up a storm. I have a bunch of songs that I've uh, written since starting school here and moving to Nashville, so I'm hoping to try to record them and compile them into something that I can release by, you know, the beginning of school next year at some point. And then just playing writer's rounds in Nashville. If anyone's ever out here, I'm constantly, you know, playing, playing random rounds, playing random shows. And that's me right now. Awesome. And where can everyone find your music and your Instagrams and all of that stuff? How do they follow your purple posts? To find my purple post, you <laughs> will go to the Instagram handle or Twitter handle of Kate M. Cosentino, which is a very long Italian last name, but that is my handle. And then I have a website. It's K8, because I'm trendy, Cosentino.com. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, or Apple Music, all that jazz. I'm on everything. Excellent. Well, I'm about to follow you now, so you have one more extra fan to add to your list. So appreciate it. Um, thank you so much, Kate, for taking the time to speak to us today on the 99%. Um, we yes. wish you continued success. Um, and again, welcome to the Stereo family. <laughs>